Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hub City Homers. This is episode 69. Nice. Nice. And uh, my name is Jack, and I'm here with Kendall and Reed tonight. Um, Boys, we made it to episode 69, so uh, I feel like we'll have a little bit of a celebration later on. But um, we'll uh, get into basketball. Since we didn't record for basketball last week, it was just a baseball preview. We're going to touch on the four games that we've... uh, that we've played since we recorded last, which are going to be Kansas State, Texas, uh, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. Uh, We'll also briefly touch on this Saturday's game against TCU at home, uh, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Uh, Then we're going to get into baseball, um, my forte. Uh, Baseball opened up last weekend, for those of you that have been under a rock for the past uh, week or so. Um, They also... Uh, start a four-game series against Western Illinois tomorrow with a doubleheader tomorrow and then single games on Saturday and Sunday. Um, But first, let's get into basketball. Um, A lot has happened since we last recorded, especially with all of us. So um, I do want to get into... Uh, first, I guess we can just get into the Kansas State uh, game at home, uh, which was Saturday, February 11th. Um, Tech wins, beats number 12 Kansas State at home, 71 to 63. Um, to me, I'm be honest, guys, this feels like a lifetime ago. Um, this is a game where um, Kansas State turned the ball over a lot. Uh, Tech forced 23 turnovers in this one. Uh, Marquise Noel turned it over seven times himself. Uh, Keontae Johnson had five on his on his own as well. Um, Desi Sills also turned it over four times. Uh, so those are your three top point getters for Kansas State in this one. All turned the ball over at least four times minimum. Um, Marquise Noel had 18 um, Keontae Johnson had nine, and uh, Desi Sills had 12. For Tech, Tech took care of the ball, kind of. Um, a little elevated on the turnovers with 18. Uh, Jalen Tyson had five turnovers. Lamar Washington had four. Um, Lamar Washington had 13 points. Jalen Tyson had 11. O'Banner had 10. And Davion Harmon, man, Davion, Davion Harmon, 20 points. Uh, four assists, uh, only one turnover, a steal. It was five of eight from the line. Um, Tech shot uh, from the field. Tech shot 42%, uh, 23 of 55 from the floor, uh, 18 of 25 from the free throw line, which is good for a 72% clip. Uh Pretty much par for the course, I'd say, three-point-wise. They're 7 of 25. It's right at about 28%. Um, The big one for me, uh, interestingly enough, Kevin O'Banner and Lamar Washington each called for a tech in this one, and I believe those are both flop warnings. Um, Anyway, let's get into this one uh, so we can just get going on this. Uh... Kendall, I'll start with you. Um, 
the defense showed up in this one big time. Uh, held held Kansas State to six three pointers in this one. Um, they shot twenty twenty three percent from three, thirty five percent from the floor. Um, what uh, what kind of surprised you about this? And obviously, um, Tech was kind of like right on the line. It was almost an even game. Uh, Vegas had it at even almost before this game started. Um, what surprised you in this one uh, for Tech to be able to pull out, whether it was was it Tech defense, was it Kansas State poor offense, or uh, what was it for you? To me, it was just, um, you know, when you look at that turnover numbers for Kansas State, like, you know, you can attribute that to Kansas State playing sloppy, yes, but at the same time, that is what the no middle of old, like that. that's what we expected um, typically from game to game in past seasons. We expected those types of turnover numbers from teams, um, and it really hasn't shown up much this year, but against Kansas State, we turned him over. Marquise Noel, as good of a player as he is, he can really get out of control sometimes. And uh, I think Tech kind of wanted – I think he was doing a lot of things that Tech wanted him to do. You know, he had seven turnovers and shot one of ten from three. And, yes, um, you know, there were some shots there that, you know, he typically makes. But at the same time, when a guy is flustered, you let him take a lot of those shots because it can really get him out of his groove. Um, the thing that kind of really shocked me, though, was we had our bigs in foul trouble. And going back and watching that game, I really felt that once our bigs started to get in foul trouble, I felt that um, Keontae Johnson could start doing a lot of damage down low because he is a big guy, but he's also extremely athletic. And he can, any guy that's smaller than him, uh, most of the time he's going to dominate them. But really, we kept him in check. He shot 3 of 11. Um, he did go pretty good on the boards. He had eight boards. But we kept him off the offensive glass for the most part. Tomlin killed us on the offensive glass that entire game. He had five offensive boards and only two on defensive end. But um, overall, this was a game that Tech really needed. Uh, sometimes the wins aren't the prettiest, but when tech was, I think that's when they were one in 10 in the conference. Um, you know, that is what the type of game you need to kind of just help elevate your level of play. When you see that you can win and win ugly, that makes winning when you're playing good that much easier. And, you know, I've been harping on the fact uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, the team just didn't know how to win. And once they saw a win or two, which it started uh, really not in that ISU game because of what they had to do to win that game. But to me, that LSU game, um, you know, even though LSU isn't a good team, they still had to kind of fight for that win and close out the game. And once you learn how to do that as a team, I think everything else comes easier, which uh, realistically, I think that really showed in the Kansas State game because that game started, it was started to get close there at the end. And we all were kind of sitting there thinking like, oh, here it comes again. You know, the, the choke job that we've been seeing at the first part of conference play, but then Tech kind of put their foot down on their necks and closed it out. And, um... I think that is what really shocked me. And also it just made me really happy to see. So, you know, this game, you said Davion Harmon, I can't preach enough about how great he has been for this team over this stretch. Um, you know, this team, especially Davion Harmon, because he was not playing good basketball when this team was one and nine, one and 10. Um, they were playing. He was playing pretty badly, pretty poor in the paint. Uh, he wasn't getting to his spots. He was turning the ball over. He was dribbling a lot. But he he focused. He turned it around. And he is like one of the sole reasons that this season has been turned around. And um, I think that the Kansas State game kind of embodies that. But just moving forward when we talk about these other games, um, he's played a lot of different roles to help Tech win. 
and he was the main focus both offensively, and I think he was great defensively in the Kansas State game too. Reed, I'll ask you something similar, and I do want to touch on this uh, just in this game. Uh, Tech had a huge amount of bench contribution. This is a game uh, before Pop is back, and Dawes came off the bench in this one. So you started Elijah Fisher, Kerwin Walton, uh, O'Banner, Tyson, and Harmon. This is a team that had a ton of bench minutes in this one. Lamar Washington had 19 off the bench. Demarion Williams had 16 off the bench. Robert James had 13 off the bench. K.J. Allen had 12 off the bench. Dawes had 23 minutes off the bench. Out of all those guys, and you and I have talked about this in previous episodes, Reed, but do you see... uh, I guess my question is, which one of these guys to you... um, And I guess you can really include Elijah Fisher and Kerwin Walton in it now that Fardaz and Pop are back in the starting lineup. Um, Which of these guys has impressed you the most, kind of since Tech has started, uh, you know, started this win streak and uh, has gotten things going? Which of these guys coming off the bench has really uh, kind of gotten your attention? Yeah, I I think the one that's played the most consistently and kind of given you the most out of his minutes that he's getting has probably been Elijah Fisher. Um, I mean, he hadn't averaged a ton of minutes really any game. I think there was one game he eclipsed uh, probably 15, 20 maybe. Um, but, I mean, other than that, he's only in for <clears throat> a handful of minutes, 10 tops. But um, it seems like when he's in, he's, he's doing really good at slashing the boards and um, driving the ball and getting it kicked out. And um, he's been getting to the free throw line quite a bit, making free throws. So um, he's been doing kind of the nitty stuff that I think is kind of what we uh, – what we're known for typically. And um, he's not the greatest shooter, I would say yet by any means, but uh, like I said, he makes free throws and he's done good dribble on the ball and getting in the paint and stuff. So um, I think if he's able to do that and play good defense, he's, he's uh, well on his track to, you know, kind of fill role and um, off the bench. And um, in terms of somebody else, you know, I personally, this is just me. I'll probably, I don't know if y'all would agree or not, but, I honestly like Pop off the bench right now. Uh, I, I don't think he needed a start against Oklahoma. Uh, not that he played bad or that I think he deserves to come off the bench or anything like that. I just think we jive better offensively if we've got, you know, somebody that can consistently score coming off the bench and not being a starting five. I think that would benefit the team a little bit to have somebody come in at the under, you know, at the under 16 or around the 14, 15 minute mark. Uh, that can come in and immediately give you some some points. So um, definitely those two guys, and I, I think Kerwin, too, can give you some power, but he's been pretty streaky. Um, the same with um, uh, Lamar, too. Uh, I feel like he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of a different different story every game, it seems like. Sometimes he's been really good, beneficial, and other times I'm, like, scratching my head as to why he's still on the floor. So uh, there's, there's a multitude of – people you can look into, but I, I definitely think Elijah's probably been the most consistent uh, since probably around that LSU game that we had. It's funny because Kendall and I talked about this also uh, when Pop was coming back, and we said, I don't know if we like we both agreed that with you in that statement saying that we didn't know if we wanted him in the starting lineup right away. Um just because the team had won games without him and you you don't really mess. It was just, you know, it's the, it's the classic Michael Scott quote, right? Like the, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious uh, quote. And so it's like, I don't know if I want to mess up the vibe that's going on with the starting five right now. But like we, like you said, you know, he started against Oklahoma. We'll get to that. Um, I do want to move on now to the, um, to the Texas game. Um, this was a huge win for Tech. Um, pretty much uh, led a good majority of this game. Um, didn't really have a doubt until about, <laughs> I don't know, 
two and a half, three, two, two and a half, three minutes left in this game where they, I think they made it within a two point game or a four point game. And then Brock Cunningham missed that layup in the final minute to that would have made it a two point game. Um, in this one, again, you have you have your main guy showing up, right? Harmon had 25, a career high. Um, O'Banner had 19. Uh, Dawes had 12. Jalen Tyson didn't have the same type of game uh, that he had in Austin, but he impacted on defense, uh, definitely had... Um, more uh, non-statistical plays from his point of view. Um, We have a thing that I want to touch on, and to me, uh, this game really came down to the the play of the bigs. Um, I know that uh, Tech doubled them up on points in the paint in this game. Uh, Tech had 36 points in the paint. UT only had 18. Um, that's a big, that's a big thing I want to touch on. The other thing I want to touch on, um, is the rebound disparage. Uh, UT finished with 29 rebounds in this game. Tech finished with 41. Um, that's a huge, 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 uh, difference. And I think that those two stats obviously were the difference in this game. Um, Tech, also, uh, going shooting basically forty seven percent from the field, fifty uh, percent from three, and only missing one free throw all night was huge. Also, um, it seemed like a lot of the times in that first half they couldn't miss. Uh, you know, we made half pretty much half of our shots in the first half. Uh, we were seven of twelve from three, and we were nine of nine from the line. Um, you're talking about a team that scored forty four points a half. We were up by nine at half. Um, and like I mentioned, we never really looked back until there's about three minutes left in the game. Um, Kendall, what do you think kind of led to that rebound disparage of those points in the paint? Is it, is it just sheer will and determination and hard work working harder than Texas? Or do you really think that, you know, that tech really just, executed a full game plan for about 38 minutes of this one and just over and just executed better. Um, to me, I think it's a simple answer. It's, um, a healthier Fardaz Mac because, um, that first game against Texas, it was Dawes first game in close to a year, I want to say. And he, he wasn't himself like he scored and he was kind of there, but he wasn't in game shape. Like I think he had his first practice like two days before um, he played against Texas, but in the four games that Dawes has came back now from the second round of his foot injury, um, we did lose the rebounding battle against K state, but Dawes didn't play much in every game. So in the last three games since then, um, Tech has won the rebounding battle by double digits in two of them, and they out-rebounded West Virginia by eight. So, to me, you can say that they've been working harder. You can you can say a lot of things. But, to me, it's a combination of both AMAC coming back, and I'm not here to rag on it, any players, but it has been noticeable, kind of the toughness down low. Um, since Bacho has went out, um, I think that he still, I think he looked a lot better in non-conference play, but I still just don't know that he has been strong enough to compete with people down low for rebounds, um, with some of the big 12's best bigs. I think he was still kind of getting bullied down there. And I think just having some more, um, I guess Dawes and O'Banner are two of the most talented rebounders in the country. Like go back to their previous stops. Um, look at what O'Banner did at Oral Roberts when he was in the tournament and they made that long run. He was one of the best rebounders in the country there. Last year in the NCAA tournament, I'm pretty sure O'Banner had a double double in every single game. 
Um, I think it's just a combination of getting those two both crashing the boards. It's kind of a lethal, um, lethal duo there because there's not too many front courts in the Big 12. And I would argue the nation that, that is going to be able to out rebound those two when they're fully healthy. But, um, you know, I think that this team is slowly, obviously, they're getting healthier. That Texas game, though, to me, that was the best offensive game, like from the shots we were getting, um, from the shots we were making, obviously, from the offensive rebounding side of things, uh, getting to the line, like just in general, that was the most complete offensive game I've definitely seen out of this that team this season. But also just in general, the past couple years, like scoring 74 on that Texas team is nothing to kind of just look away from because it's not even the first time they've done it. And I think this team is definitely finding their footing offensively. They're getting a lot of good shots. We, me and Jack were pulling our hair earlier this year trying to figure out what the hell we were running on offense because it very obviously wasn't Steve Green's offense. And I still don't think it completely is his offense, but I am seeing more parts that are getting better looks and I think that is I don't know if it's necessarily Steve Green but someone has gotten to Mark Adams on the offensive side of the ball and we're seeing changes and to me that was most glaringly obvious in this Texas game because there wasn't a lot of threes taken but if you go back and look the threes that were taken were generated off of good passes and good movement and they were wide open shots and that's why he shot 50% from three in that game. And I really think that this team, like I said, in the Kansas State game, the LSU games, you learned how to win. And this Texas game, that was more obvious than ever because Texas, I got to give him credit. You know, Marcus Carr, he had me scared. I was sitting there ready, ready to mail it in. Um, I was ready to move on to next game. But you know, Tech, Kevin O'Banner hit an insane three in the corner that kind of started to close it out. Um, then Brock Cunningham boshed a layup, so that always helps. But um, this team, we're slowly seeing just growth that I wish I could say that I really expected, but I didn't really. I didn't think this type of growth was going to come until this season was over. But... um you know, you have to give kudos. There was a lot of people in this fan base, whether they admitted or not, that were tapped out on this season, that were ready to mail it in. But I think that Texas game specifically kind of brought everyone back. Beating Texas, it always makes everyone happy. But beating a top 10 Texas team at home in the way that we did, leading wire to wire, um, you know, I think that, opened a lot of fans eyes to think well we got a shot at doing something here and get possibly get into the tournament and um ever since then you know we've won two and i think that everything from now is just kind of we're looking up and texas that texas game is really what kind of started it you know we beat kansas state but you know, you're still two and 10 in the conference and you still don't have a good tournament resume well you beat a top 10 team at home that's also your rival and is fully healthy. Um, now that kind of opens up your eyes and now you're kind of starting to move in the right direction. In this game, um, I want to touch on something before I get to read. Um, Marcus Carr had 23 points. Dylan DeSue had 11 for Texas. Um, those are the only two... St- guys in double digits for Texas. Uh, Tyrese Hunter had nine. Um, Serge Barry Rice had eight. Brock Cunningham had seven. Uh, Christian Bishop had three. And Arterio Morris had two. Um, the main ones I want to get to, Timmy Allen and Dylan Mitchell, two starters, I'm assuming that something happened to Dylan Mitchell in this one. He only played 10 minutes. Uh, He didn't have any fouls or anything like that. Um, 
and he only scored two points. He only took two attempts from the field. Um, but Timmy Allen played 30 minutes in this one and scored two points, and they came on free throws. He went 0 for 4 from the field. Um, I don't think you can really say enough about the defense in this one. Um, I'll get to something else on this game. I'll try and tie it back in at the end if I remember. Um, but just to lightly touch on it, I don't know how this team is still getting away with playing Artario Morris, but that's another topic for another day. Um, this was a game that I was really impressed, Reed, and you can tell me if you were as well. This is a game that, uh, prior to this, uh, Sergibari Rice had like 25 points or 28 or something, and he only missed one shot from the field the whole game. He made all of his twos and was like four of five from deep, made all of his free throws, um, and everyone was kind of looking at him coming off the bench, and I guess he was kind of taking a hybrid role between guard and kind of, I guess, kind of trying to fill in what Dylan Mitchell is doing, um, but... You know, he comes in, and everyone knows that he's super hot. And he goes 3 of 9 from the field, 2 of 7 from deep. And, um, Reed, I just want to ask about what you thought about the defense in this one. Um, obviously, it was good. Um, but is there anyone in your mind for Tech? I know we kind of touched on it a couple weeks ago. Um, about how everyone had really improved on the defensive end, but has there was there anyone that really uh, has continued to stand out to you uh, as far as this as far as this uh, tech team goes on the defensive side of things? Yeah, it really just kind of seems like more of a unit than an individual, in my opinion. Um, I mean, statistically, there might be one player that or a couple players that stand out amongst the rest, but. Uh, kind of touch on what Kendall was saying with having a healthy Fardaz AMAC. Um, and then, of course, Kevin O'Banner has always been well known for his rebounding ability. I think having two guys uh, of their size that are healthy and can finally move and uh, get people out of the way and grab rebounds helps you quite a bit because, um, you know, going back with, with Bacho, uh, it's evident he was, he's not at the level or uh, when he was playing, he wasn't at the level he was when the season started. Uh, both physically and just out on the floor, period, and with what he's been doing. And I think that hurt us at times. Uh, not necessarily his fault because he didn't. He was sick and uh, lost all that weight and stuff. But uh, it, does, it does help a lot to have somebody uh, like AMAC and O'Banner down low uh, for rebounding because uh, there was a period I thought we were kind of getting killed on the glass in games, and I think that was part of the separation uh, while we were losing by a, a couple possessions in the Big 12 was – was rebounding and then um, kind of when we had that Achilles heel turnover to start the year too. So um, really to answer your question, I think the unit together has just been better uh, with switching and um, helping on, on the backside a lot better than they were. Cause uh, I, I mean, our, our defense is known to kind of like trap in the corner um, when they get to like the, the low level of the baseline and then um, have a help side guy come across and I, for a period, I felt like that that wasn't really, I don't know if it wasn't happening or if it just wasn't happening quick enough. And it's like we were giving up a lot of stuff and on uh, the paint or we weren't switching quick enough and they were skipping the ball across to the, to the other three point line on the other side. And um, people were getting open looks too often. Uh, so stuff like that, small mistakes, I think that the guys have finally picked up on and uh, as a unit have played a lot better on that end of the floor. And it's, at times it's created offense because even the uh, um, the announcers watching the U game the other night, they said Porter Moser's kind of um, plan of attack was to, to not let us out in transition and specifically Davion Harmon. Um, I, I think when we're able to play defense good and we get out in transition is when we start getting the offense going really well because uh, we got guys that can run the floor really well and uh, fill the lane. And I think Davion's probably one of the best in the Big 12, honestly, and, and pushing the tempo and getting getting up and down the court. And I feel like that's when he's at his best and makes everybody else around him better. So uh, whether we're not used to playing really that fast, I would say, but I think this group's better at playing fast and 
some of the ones we've had in the past. So, uh, again, I think it's more of a cohesive unit. It's been better than one individual over another. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that that's, that's a great point, and um, it, it does really tie into everything. You know, when, like you mentioned, when you get those rebounds uh, immediately off the bat, then you can jump out and transition a lot easier uh, than, you know, giving up second, third, fourth chance points. Um, let's go ahead and jump ahead uh, to West Virginia. On the road in Morgantown, Tech wins this one 78-72. Uh, this is the Jalen Tyson come out game. Uh, 27 points from Jalen Tyson. 11 of 15 from the field. 3 of 4 from deep. Um, other performances that need to be touched on. Um, Fardaz, uh 14 points, 12 rebounds. Um, only 2 of 11 from the field. But... The big one, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, he came into this game shooting 33% from the free throw line. And they were definitely trying to pull like the hack-a-shack move on Dawes as this game was ending. Uh, and he sunk ten, all 10 of his free throws. Um, this is a game where you do get pop back. Uh, he ended up playing a majority, almost starter minutes. He did play starter minutes. Uh, Kerwin Walton did start in this one. He only played 10 minutes, didn't have any stats other than a personal foul. Um, Pop came off the bench, played 29 minutes. Uh, he had 15, so he was the second leading scorer. Um, like we mentioned, I do want to touch on this and this one also. Um, this What you're starting to see with Tech... Um, ironically in this one, which we'll kind of throw away when we talk about the next game, um, the turnovers are down. They're down, and they're taking they're taking care of the ball, and um, they were doing it against Texas as well. Um, and so that's why what we saw on um, you know on Tuesday against Oklahoma was 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 little a little concerning. Uh, but you get the win in that one. We'll touch on that. Um, but again, back to West Virginia. Um, this is a game where uh, you knew it was going to be ugly. Um, it always is in Morgantown. It's a it's a dogfight, and um, I think that. Uh, I mean, let's 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 be blunt about it. Um, without Jalen Tyson, you lose this game. Um, pretty, pretty straightforward, um, had his game of the season so far. Um, he played out of his mind and I think that this is the Jalen Tyson that we have all known, uh, is there and he's been there. I know Kendall is really high on Jalen Tyson has been ever since he, uh, left Texas last year and came back to tech, um, even though he couldn't play last year, um, yeah, Kendall Kendall would tell me every week, you know, just how much better we would be if Jalen Tyson was out there. So um, I'll let Kendall I'll let Kendall go on about Jalen Tyson here in a minute, but um, I'll switch up the order here. Uh, you know, Reed, this is a game that obviously we've mentioned. You and I have, uh, you know, covered many uh, West Virginia games in the past. Um, what do you think, what in this game stood out to you? I mean, you could talk about Jalen Tyson if you want his performance. Um, what in this game kind of stood out to you, uh, you know, that, that caught your eye for any, any specific, any particular reason? Uh, I, I guess my question is what, what do you think kind of really contributed to this win? Um, you know, is it, is it the rebounds again, Tech out rebounded West Virginia by eleven in this one, thirty nine to twenty eight. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of different uh, things uh, points in the paint. Tech out out uh, scored them points in the paint, forty two to eighteen. Uh, huge uh, huge difference there. So uh, I just kind of want to hear what you what your takeaways from this one uh, in Morgantown were. Yeah, yeah, definitely a big game 
uh, for us because we've not been good on the road this year, at least in terms of uh, getting out wins. We've been close a couple of times, but hadn't really been able to get over the hump yet. Um, I can't really attest anything statistically, but I do remember a point in time in the second half. Uh, we went down eight. I had to listen to this one on the radio. So um, we were down eight later in the second half, and they took uh, Stevenson out. West Virginia did. Um, and we came right back with a little 8-0 run and tied it up. Um, I think that was kind of a turning point for me because, you know, we, we've been infamous for having like a second half collapse. Um, we haven't had one of late, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully it stays that way. But um, it was good to see that we kept fighting and, you know, kind of stayed in the game, kept our composure after we went, we went down by eight because it was kind of a quick 8-0 spurt that they, uh, they took the lead on us. And, um, I mean, like I said, it was later in the game. I think there was probably, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes left. So definitely wasn't a ton of time to, you know, try and uh, make it um, kind of our game again. And uh, we were able to get over that, that eight-point deficit and then kind of take control. So uh, it was good to see the team come together and rally around that and um, do that on the road again because without a, you know, like a home crowd, West Virginia is not an easy place to win. Um, I know they're not necessarily outstanding this year, but they're not a bad team in any, by any means. Um, and it was good to kind of see them somewhat adjust to Stevenson late, too. Uh, I knew I was listening on the radio, and I just kept hearing him hit three after three. And in, my, in the back of my head, I was wondering why we just don't make somebody else beat you, you know, double them, triple them if you have to, make somebody else score the ball. Um, and it seemed like late he was just having to jack stuff up because they were having to play from behind. So. Um, when you get to that scenario, it's a good feeling to uh, to know that you – I mean, they, they really only had one guy that was beating us. I mean, I think they had somebody else and that dropped like 17, 18, but it seemed like a pretty quiet 17, 18, uh, if that makes sense. So um, I think, it's again, it's another good team win. And like, going back to what I said earlier, it was good having Fardaws down low uh, and have some boards. And I, I know that, that free throw percentage he had going into the game was super low, but at the same time, I think that's a pretty small sample size. I don't think by any means he's a bad shooter or a free throw shooter. So uh, I think West Virginia learned one their lesson on if they were trying to do a hack of shack. Um, not necessarily expected him to go 10 for 10, but I uh, definitely would have known to you know he would make more than three or four at that time too. So, um, again, just all around good team win and statistically wise, there wasn't anything that stood out other than, you know, how they played as a cohesive unit. And I think that just goes to show why we're winning games of late. Yeah, I agree. Um, to your point, um, Eric Stevenson had 27 and Kendri, uh, and Johnson had 20. Um, but like you, I mean, other than those two guys, those guys accounted for 47 of the 72 points. So um, Tech did a really good job limiting. And here's the thing. Stevenson's going to get his. He's just kind of that player. This dude's going to jack up at least 20 shots a game. Um, He he went 9 of 21 from the floor against Tech and 14 of his 21 attempts. So two-thirds of his attempts were from three. So um, anytime a guy is jacking up 14 shots a game from three, uh, that's half of his team's attempts. And, you know, he, he's going to sink a couple. So at least uh, he ended up going six of 14 from three. So um, Stevenson is just a, just a volume shooter in my mind. Um, he, yeah, he's is he talented? Yeah, uh, he's got a good shot from deep. Um, but like anyone that's worth their weight shooting uh, from deep is if you're jacking up 14 threes a game, uh, just one person, then it's going to happen. Um, for for the record, um, Stevenson was 6 of 14 by himself in this one. That's about 43%. Um, Tech as a team was 6 of 14 from 3. So um, that just kind of tells you the, the difference there. Um, Kendall, I don't know if you're going to do go the Jalen Tyson route. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll touch on it for a little bit. Um, but I'm interested in to, to hear your thoughts on this one also. Obviously, Tyson like got a lot of spotlight in this, which obviously, you, like you said, I, I've been the biggest Jalen Tyson truther since he 
committed back to tech after leaving Texas. Um, but in general, uh, this team, they were, I, if I remember, they were down one at halftime after an awful defensive lapse. Um, this was, to me, just the way we defended this game was not great. Um, especially the first half, though, more so than the second half. I felt that the first half, just things were coming a little too easy. But, you know, go back to the game in Lubbock when we played West Virginia. That game, like, we couldn't even gouge if West Virginia was better than us because that first game, there were so many awful foul calls, both sides, but, like, the refs in that game completely took over, and it was unwatchable. So, to me, I viewed this as, like, basically the first time that Tech and West Virginia were squaring up. And, you know, I'm now I'm going to kind of hop on the Jalen Tyson. He looked like a star. Like, he's had games this year where he has made some moves, uh, where he's made some shots off the dribble that were just kind of insane. But he... This game specifically, the way he got to the rim, the way he was so confident in going up with his shot, um, you know, he really reminds me of that that jump that Jarrett Culver took from his freshman to his sophomore year. I feel like Jalen Tyson took that jump in the middle of this season, like just watching him. Um, I think that he was. Earlier this year, he wasn't confident. Um, I think obviously the intangibles were there defensively. He has been he had been solid, but not great. But really, once that second part of the Big Twelve schedule hit, something just clicked in him. You know, he. If you guys have been able like to kind of hear what Mark Adams has said on, like just in the middle of games where he's been coaching, he is, and I saw it at the uh, Iowa State game when I was on the road. He was screaming at Jalen Tyson to shoot the damn ball, and he Tyson had been hesitant for so many games, but this game he didn't hesitate on a single look. He he just let it fly. He let his skills do the talking and it showed how damn good like scoring 27 points in a college game with only three free throws it it's so good and when especially when you're not jacking up threes like Stevenson was when you're only attempting four threes and you're scoring 27 points there are very few guys that can do that and he did it in a multitude of ways just different moves off the dribble And to me, when Tyson's going, it opens up the entire floor for the rest of the team because so much focus turns to him because nobody in the Big 12 can guard him one-on-one when when he's on. Uh, Texas tried a lot of different guys. They tried putting Rice on him. They tried putting Carr on him. They tried putting, I think at one point, they put DeSue, Allen, basically the entire starting, starting lineup. They threw at him, but nothing worked. And West Virginia did the same thing. They kept switching defenders up. Nobody could stop him. And that's the type of guy you need to be successful at this point in the season. And Tyson stepped up that game. Uh, He stepped up late against Oklahoma. And he stepped up against Iowa State at home. And he's really just kind of blossoming into a star before our very eyes. And like he's showing that NBA talent that... Um, you know, a lot of people thought he had when he was going into Texas and when he was initially committed to tech and he's the first guy to me that has really shown that type of talent since we've had Culver here. Yeah, I agree. Um, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll move on to the Oklahoma game. Uh, this is a game that was played in front of no one, um, in Norman, um, their attendance was terrible. Um, again, a, a common theme in these that I'm noticing, and I really didn't notice it until I really like take a look at the stats, um, points in the paint. Uh, in this one, Tech has 40 points in the paint uh, to Oklahoma's 24. Um, you know, they had four starters in double digits. Tech had four starters in double digits. Um 
the thing that worried me, obviously, is the 13 turnovers in the first half. Um, that was really bad. The team looked really bad, kind of looked out of sorts. Um, they shot really well. They shot 65% in the first half. Um, but they only took 20 shots. Um, Oklahoma, you know, they shot 30, you know, 32%, but they took 11 more shots than Tech did. So, I mean, the score at halftime, you know, Tech is only up by two, um, when shooting 65%. Um, I caught some flack and, and, you know, I'll own up to it. Uh, scouts on or whatever. I, I tweeted out off the Viva account that Tech had no business winning this game. Um, to me, I truly stand by that. I, I truly think that. And the reason I think that, yeah, they, they tightened it up big time in the second half, but I truly think that if you're on the road against any other team in the Big 12 and you turn the ball over 13 times and a half, there is you're down by 20. At halftime, imagine going to Kansas next week and turning the ball over 13 times in the first half in Lawrence at the fog. And it doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter if you throw up 40 shots and you're shooting 60%, you know, like they're gonna, they're gonna beat you. And, um, I truly think that, uh, if tech was playing any team other than Oklahoma, that they probably would have lost, um, I truly think, I mean, Oklahoma is the worst team in the Big 12. Um, they're they're on a down year also. Um, I It's a shame. I really do like Porter Moser. I think he's a good coach. Um, I'm interested to see what they do uh, in the coming years. Um, I guess I should say next year um, because they're going to go to the SEC and they're just going to end up in the bottom of pretty much everything other than football um, and, I guess, softball. So, um, getting into this one, uh, this was the Far Dawes AMAC uh, coming out game, it turned out to be. You know, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Um, he played out of his mind. Uh, Tyson had 18 also uh, to kind of follow him up. Tyson has been on a tear in the past week. Um, you know, Pop and, Pop and Dawes were back in the starting lineup. This is the usual starting lineup that Tex had for a majority of this year. Um yeah, you had Elijah Fisher coming in for 10 minutes off the bench. Lamar Washington coming in for 12. Um, Lamar Washington played some just stellar defense coming off at the bench. Um, again, another another disparaging stat I want to touch on is the rebounding. Um, these are these this is what's winning Tech games, and and the more we're looking at these and diving into these stats, it's what's it's what's becoming very apparent. Uh, the points in the paint and the rebounds. Um, Tech out rebounds thirty eight to twenty two in this one, um, and and you know granted uh, they had sixteen turnovers in this one, which is quite a bit, but uh, they only had three in the second half, which is which is definitely a positive. They definitely got torn into at halftime. So um, a thing for me is uh, just the halftime adjustments were really good in this one. I felt like they definitely put a huge um, I guess a huge focus on not turning the ball over uh, in the second half, and they only did it three times. Um, Reed, what did you, I know that you uh, you got to watch some of this one? Um, from what you have kind of gathered about this one, um, what what did you what are your takeaways from this? Yeah, again, I mean, it's a little bit of a similar similar game um, that we had against West Virginia, honestly. Uh, obviously, I think West Virginia is better than Oklahoma and has a much better environment than what Norman was. But um, it, it just really just goes back to, to the unity thing. And then uh, the, the rebounding and points in the paint aspect you're talking about is really all centered around Florida's AMAC. Uh, you have a healthy AMAC in the middle of the floor. It helps open up a lot of other things for your guys to – um, to move around and do their own thing because, you know, before when we had Bacho in the five, you really didn't have much of a, a low post score. Um, I, I mean, O'Banner's good down low um, off of like screens and stuff, but in my opinion, he's not somebody that's going to go back somebody down on the block and 
do a ton of stuff down there. He's more of a mid-range three-point shooter and um, slasher to the rim and, you know, alley-oops, that kind of thing. Um, Amex, a true center um, when it comes to, you know, posting somebody up down low. Obviously, he can shoot outside, too, if he needs to. But um, he's definitely helped on the boards, too, because uh, I think the first couple of games, uh, like in that three- or four-game stretch he played uh, like a month or five weeks ago, uh, you could tell he was a little out of shape still, like when we played in Austin. Um, didn't seem like he was getting up and down the floor as well as we needed him to. Uh, I think he's now at this point, I think he's kind of grown back into what, a little bit of what he was, um, what we expect him to be. Uh, hopefully he's able to keep doing it because it's turning in results for the team uh, as a whole that uh, we kind of expected to begin with. And um Again, going back with uh, with Tyson too, I think if he's able to uh, keep on you know, doing what he's doing, obviously I don't think he's going to be able to keep up the shooting percentages. But uh, just based on you know a normal trend for a player, but uh, he's been stellar the last I'd say two weeks, honestly, since this stretch has been going. But uh, Davion Harmon as well, he's been he's faltered a little bit the last two games, but uh, again I think he's kind of grown into. Um, the, the role we needed him too, and he's kind of learned to play how, or learned how he needed to play with this group of guys, um, and has made some, some pretty good adjustments and uh, pushing the ball and stuff. So, um, and kind of going back to the the OU game, the announcers were were again talking about Porter Mosier and uh, what he needed to do with uh, Harmon going up and down the court and pushing the ball. So, uh, if, if you're if you're making teams worry about that, it's definitely a good sign and. Uh, that also opens up other stuff for other guys, too, because I, mean, I think a lot of teams probably forget about Pop and what he can do. Um, I mean, obviously, he, he was lighting it up from outside again. He's just got a really smooth stroke and um, is able to score, you know, with relative ease for, for the most part at all three levels. So um, it's it's good to see the team gelling at the right time. I'm just hoping we're able to kind of keep the momentum going. we got a favorable schedule, so we can uh, hopefully see what happens. Yeah, I like your points on that. And I think, um, Kendall, uh, when you look at this one, um, again, this uh, you and I talked about this afterwards. Uh, you know, this is a this was a atmosphere that could put someone to sleep uh, if you're watching it on TV. Um, what impressed you the most about? Um, about the way Tech played in this one, and uh, you know, do you think that it's a it's a conscious effort? Again, I'll ask kind of a similar question that I did earlier. Do you think this is a conscious effort to really center the their game around Far Dawes more that he's starting to get a lot more healthy, or do you think that it's just kind of the way the the game has been flowing and that's just the way that it's been going? Um, I think that offensively. Um, I don't think they were necessarily trying to like force it to Dawes, but um, Dawes brings that high pick and roll action that O'Banner, O'Banner brought it, but he brought it more as a pick and pop because he's not as much of a big presence down low in the paint. Um, but Dawes, with how big he is, which I we pointed this out at the Texas game in Austin, he is so much bigger than you really. <laughs> like assumed when you just kind of saw the videos he would post in the summer and stuff. He is much bigger when you're actually watching him play. Um, And I think that the most effective actually was when him and pop were running the pick and roll because that's the side of pop. We haven't gotten to see this year. Um, He tried to run it with Bacho, but sometimes Bacho just uh, his footing wasn't great and he just wasn't able to run it because he wasn't under control but Dawes his footwork is spectacular down in the post he can stop on a dime and pivot the way a big really needs to to be able to make a move when he gets that ball um but an underrated part of what Amac was doing was he was creating a lot of opportunities for others you know when we were closing out the game we got uh basically two backdoor dunks and one of them was just a beautiful pass from Amac to O'Banner that led to that reverse jam that basically was the dagger. Um, but, you know, 
this game could have been won by way more. Uh, you know, Jack, you weren't wrong at all talking about uh, the turnovers. We had three turnovers in the second half, and what do you know? We're up. Du- we win by double digits. Uh, that game probably should have been a ten-plus point game at halftime. Um, uh, because how many points did we gift to them? I don't have the, you know, points off turnover stat pulled up, but like thirteen turnovers and a half. Like considering you're averaging fourteen turnovers a game. Um, that was just to, to me. I, uh, I I have it up in front of me. Um, OU. <laughs> this is where I think the game was won because you know you like like we mentioned we had thirteen turnovers in the first half. Um, OU only had twelve points off turnovers for the entire game. Yeah. So like, that like if that sounds crazy, that's because it is. And when you think about it, um, you know. It, I thought it was hilarious. I think early, like less than four minutes in, Tech was up like five to three, or maybe even no. It was, it was when we were tied five five. They showed like the field goal attempts, and this wasn't even four minutes in. OU was two of nine, and Tech was two of two. Like when you are attempting two shots for every nine shots that your the opposing team is taking, there's gonna be some issues there, and. In reality, if Tech started out that game like 7 or 8 of 8, something like that, like if you start that game 8 of 8, you should be up double digits very easily. And Tech just wasn't because they were making stupid passes. Uh, they were out of control. Um, But I do want to give a shout out. You know, me and Jack said before the game, we didn't necessarily like how Pop was in the starting lineup. But Pop... To me, these last two games, he's changed the way he plays. He hasn't been forcing up um, some unwarranted threes. All the threes I felt he's taken have been very good shots. Um, He hasn't been going into the paint out of control. Um, He's been just letting the game come to him. And I think that is so great that a freshman can kind of learn as the season goes on. Because, you know, there's a lot of guys that have NBA talent out there that go into college and they kind of just try to get ahead of themselves. They try to boost their stock without playing within the team. And um, I felt that's kind of the way that pop was going, you know, early this year, I feel like, you know, he's a great talent, but I felt like he was forcing a lot of shots that didn't need to be forced. Um, But he has slowly learned and he's calmed down with the ball in his hands. He's not just looking for his shot. He's looking to find shots for others, whether it's Harmon, whether it's Tyson, uh, whether it's getting a pick from Dawes or O'Banner. Um, you know, he was really effective in this game, not just because of his shooting ability, but because of his facilitating ability, which I think everyone heard about that from about him coming in like we we heard about his passing ability we just haven't gotten to really see it and now that he has that true big man down low in AMAC um we got to see a glimpse of it and I also just want to give one more shout out to uh, Elijah Fisher we've talked about him a couple times already but Fisher he is such a menace defensively you know the offensive side of the ball isn't there yet we're seeing glimpses of what he can do in the paint but Fisher on that defensive end is like he's already elite like with his intangibles with his size uh with his length um I've said it before he's the prototypical Mark Adams guy on the defensive end of the ball and he has shown it like he when he's guarding you there's a good look doesn't exist and there was a couple times we put him on Sherfield and he locked him up, and that's one of the best scorers in the Big 12. Um, all I can say is I, I really, really hope he stays because that's the type of guy that next year, if you have a guys like him and Tyson and Pop, like that, those are the types of guys that in that one year to the next year jump they take, that could be like top of the Big 12 good. Yeah, I agree. Um Due to time, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna touch on real quick. Um, 
Tech hosts TCU this Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. As I mentioned, uh, this TCU team is getting healthy again for the first time in probably a couple months, if we're being quite honest. Um, Mike Miles is back. Eddie Lampkin is back. Um, you know, they have Ball. They have Micah Peavy. Um, TCU's not a bad team. Um they they gave Kansas for the most part pretty much all they could handle uh, earlier this week. I guess that was a Monday night game in uh, in Fort Worth. Uh, Kansas did come out with the win, but um, definitely uh, a tough game for Kansas to win on the road. Uh, TCU is not to be overlooked. They they're ranked twenty uh, fourth in the country. Um, I think that you know if they if they would have been healthy um, all year, they're they're probably up in that conversation. You know, kind of up there with um, possibly Baylor and Kansas State, kind of in that range. Uh, that right now they're still pretty much up there. They're just a couple uh, beneath them, I think. Um, but it'll be a good game. It's uh, 11 a.m. ESPN two. Um, Again, if if you're in town, if you're in Lubbock, you know, try and go to that one. Um, pretty much, the general consensus around this team is Tech needs to win two of its final three games and one game in the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City. Um, obviously, you're thinking with the, with your uh, only away game in the next three being at Kansas, uh, you're probably you know, realistically considering uh, this Saturday and the home uh senior night against uh oklahoma state which is march 4th at 5 p.m on espn2 um kansas game next tuesday um big uh, i guess super tuesday uh 8 p.m on espn so uh, no more espn plus games at least for the rest of the regular season for texas tech um espn2 and espn so um We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll be back to to definitely recap TCU and Kansas next week. Look forward to Oklahoma State. Um, we'll see if we're talking about a tournament bid or just kind of sending these seniors off with some dignity. Um, before we go, I do want to touch on baseball. I said I would, so I'm going to. Um, baseball's four and zero. They swept Gonzaga this past weekend. Uh, by with wins of eight to four on Friday, ten to three on Saturday, twelve to three on Sunday, and nine to eight on Monday. Monday they won on a walk off walk. Um, they won with six errors in that one. So um, again, I, I had a recap out on Viva earlier today, uh, kind of talking about how I was impressed with Tech and uh, them being able to pull that one out. Um, even with six errors against, I mean, I'll be honest, Gonzaga is is an NCAA tournament team. They've gone the past two years. Um, I do want to talk about, just briefly touch on, um, you know, uh, Kyle Robinson started game one. I, I would be shocked uh, to see him in the, the top three rotation again. I, I maybe see him as, the, as a Monday starter or a game four starter in any of these possibly midweeks. Um, uh, but I think Brendan Gurton really kind of solidified his role as a starter coming in in relief of Robinson. Um, obviously, Mason Molina pitched well. Uh, Bo Blessy uh, lived up to the hype on Sunday. Um, again, Monday is where we kind of got dicey. Trendon Parrish kind of had an iffy outing. Uh, guys, guys in relief of Trendon Parrish um, were a little were a little touchy. Uh, Beckel came in and pretty much shut him down. Um, Garrett Crowley was a little iffy. Josh Sanders, you know, kind of got screwed with some errors behind him in the field. Um, the freshman Damian Bravo ended up getting the win because he pitched the top of the ninth, struck out three in his only inning. Um, so Tech Baseball, again, they play this weekend uh, against Western Illinois. They have two games on Friday, one game Saturday, one game Sunday. I know the games Friday start at 1 uh, p.m. on Friday. I believe the game on Saturday is at 3, and then the game on Sunday is at 1. Um, 
against the game on Saturday at 3, giving time for the basketball game to end so people can walk across campus from the USA and go to Dan Law for those games. Um, Just quick recap on who's leading Tech so far in terms of stats. Um, Gavin Cash is batting 692 with an OPS of 1953, and he has nine hits and 13 at-bats, a homer, two triples, eight RBIs. Slugging 1231, um, pretty impressive. Ty Coleman's 467, Nolan Hester 455. Gage Harrelson, the freshman, you know, 412 with 1171 OPS, uh, seven hits at 17 at bats, uh, you know, a, a homer, four RBIs. Uh, and, and the thing that, uh, that I want to touch on with these guys, a lot of these guys are, um, it's a whole new roster. A lot of these, if, if a lot of you are, you know, tuning into tech baseball and this is only like your second or third season to watch, uh, you probably don't know any of these names, uh, other than Ty Coleman and, uh, you know, Hudson White and Owen Washburn. Um, that's because all these guys are new. Um, you know, Gavin Cash transferred here. Nolan Hester transferred. Gage Harrelson's a true freshman. Austin Green transferred from Weatherford Junior College. Uh, you know, Will Burns, who also got some time at short along with Tracer Lopez. Both of those guys are um, actually supposed to be in their senior year of high school right now. But they uh, re- reclassified and, and came into Tech at the at the winter break and are playing now in what should be their senior year of high school. But, you know, they're at the D1 level, Power 5 level. Um, again, like I mentioned, the, the pitching uh, that's that's what that's what I'm seeing. Batting, you know, Tech scored uh, the least amount of runs they scored against Gonzaga was eight. Uh, they had eight, nine, ten, and twelve. Um, the run support is there. Like I mentioned, Gonzaga's a good team. They're gonna they're picked to finish uh, first in the West Coast Conference with ease. So um, they'll probably make the tournament again. Uh, so Tech is. One of two teams that didn't lose in the Big 12 this past weekend. Kansas State was the other one. They took four games from Stephen F. Austin and Nacogdoches. Um, but, um, you know, other teams had struggles. Texas went 0-3. Uh, TCU went 2-1. and They played, I mean, and uh, Oklahoma State went 1-2. and um, You know, those teams played in that State Farm Classic uh, college classic in Arlington that Tech had played in for the past two years. Uh, they were slated to play in it this year, um, but from what I heard, uh, Oklahoma State uh, coach was a little upset that they hadn't been invited and Tech had been invited for three years, so they uh, complained to the right people and got Oklahoma State in there instead of us. But regardless, um, Tech's off to a 4-0 start. They have four more this weekend. If you Like I said, if you're in... If you're in town and you're on campus for the basketball game, you know what's a what's a half mile walk over to Dan Law for another good baseball game right after. Um, so uh, do that, um, guys. I really appreciate y'all joining me tonight, um, and uh, I appreciate everyone for listening. You know we're at we've done 69 episodes of this, and uh, you know uh, we do have um, you know preliminary. Um, I guess early tweets that we have found a network to host us uh, as we move forward that's off the SBN platform. Um, so uh, we're really thankful for that, and it just kind of shows that we're going to keep uh, marching on this. So um, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. Um, next week, I think we will all be back as a foursome. Um, so um, be looking out for that. And, uh, until then, you know, keep your guns up and wreck them.